You're listening to Satellite Sisters. What's a Satellite Sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. It's great to be with you today. I'm Leanne Dolan here in very rainy Pasadena, California. I'm a writer and a producer, and today I'm a voter. All right. We're gonna, our question of the day is, what method did you use to vote? That come in, comes to us from Julie Dolan. Julie, how are you? I am great. I think voting day should be a national holiday, sisters, and I love to vote. I love to vote in a polling place. So that's where I want, went. I love to see my fellow citizens. I love to get the thank you for voting, and I love the sticker. <laughs> All right, Liz, how about you? That's a lot of love, Julie. I like hearing it. Well, I am uh, a California voter, but I'm in Oregon. So I voted by mail before I left. I've been voting by mail for a really long time. When I lived in Oregon in the 90s, that's when Oregon went to all vote by mail. So I like sitting at my dining room table with my voter guide, filling out the form. But what I did, so I mailed it right before I left California. And then I got a I got a text from the uh, Secretary of State sisters saying, Okay, your ballot is on its way to us. So USPS barcode, boom, they knew it was on the way. Then I got another one saying, we got your vote and it has been counted. And I just enjoyed that. Yeah. I enjoy but see, you didn't get a sticker, Liz. Uh-huh. I know. Do you so. know what, Julie? I think there was a sticker in the envelope. There is. Mail-in ballot. Yeah. yeah. It's a self-stick. Yeah. It's a, no one hands it to you. You can peel it off once you've done it. Yeah. Oh, that is, no, that's no good. Okay. Yeah. No, it's great. It feels yeah. good. Normally, I, I I like to sit at my table. We have so many measure, ballot measures in California. It can be a very complicated ballot as it is this year. And then I just will do a drop box. But I have been on the road. I'm going to tell you about that. So I'm just going and voting in person today. I did say it. Voting station near me after we post the show, I'm headed down there uh, to vote. But I did all my research this weekend. I hadn't even really paid attention to what was happening until this weekend. And I'm going to tell you all about my big trip because some of you were involved in it. Um, (laughs) But also today on the show, Liz, we had a good question on the Facebook group that we thought we would discuss. Yeah, you know, our Facebook group, we always say it's the nicest corner of the internet. And uh, longtime Satellite Sister had a question about being in the sandwich generation and aging parents. And we've been there. Most everyone within the sound of our voices has been there. So we have some discussion and even some advice uh, about that today. All right. And Julie, you, you went to a movie theater. How I did. That? I did. Well, I, you know, I hadn't been in a while. Right. So I have a movie review for, for you. Ooh. Actually, it's more of a fashion review. It's a fashion question for all of us. Yes. All right. And we have, you know, it's exciting. I mean, we can feel it to build up to the holidays and, and we're not immune to this. So we are going to announce the date of our big holiday wrap party. This is our third annual holiday wrap party. And we are excited for that. So stay tuned for that. Um, but you guys, Liz, Julie, I mean, I had such an epic book tour. I know this is, we haven't done a show for two weeks. One, because I was on the road. And then last week I was just laying prostrate on the floor because I was so <laughs> exhausted 
but exhilarated from my epic book tour, 11 Days on the Road. First, I went to Dayton, Ohio, where I taught at the Irma Bombeck Writers Workshop. Uh, that was so much fun. I can't even tell you. I loved being there. I really enjoyed uh, moderating two panels and I taught a workshop. I don't do a lot of teaching, so I really prepared hard and I found it to be very nerve wracking. And um, when I was done, I was wiped out. But guess who recharged me? Those satellite sisters from Dayton, Ohio, because right after I taught my workshop, we had staged a meetup at the hotel in Dayton, the Marriott. They had a beautiful outdoor patio with very comfortable outdoor furniture, I have to say. It was a gorgeous fall day. And wouldn't you know, like 20 satellite sisters from all over Ohio, Pennsylvania, Indiana, they came to the Marriott in Dayton. I saw the pictures, Leanne. Everybody looked like they were having a super good time. I am impressed that people drove there from far away to just be together. That is really nice. It was really nice. And and I, I can't even, people brought gifts. There were Buckeyes. Have you ever had these Buckeyes? Oh, yes, Lynn. Yes. Oh, no, my gosh. Buckeyes. Yeah. Oh, but my it, gosh. What is a Buckeye? It's just They're chocolate and, and peanut, peanut butter. butter. But, it's, sort of, it's sort of the candy of Ohio. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That I yeah, would have guessed. But it's <laughs> super rich, super rich and delicious. And then Stephanie wheels up. I mean, she has a cooler with her. Like she's a girl after our own heart. She brought hot soup, Liz, to the meetup. Wow. Hot for everybody. <laughs> well, it was <laughs> it was soup week on Cooking with Liz. So I'm glad to to the extent that I inspired that at all. Makes me very happy. What kind of soup? You know, but it was just fun. We had two hours. I had a two hour break in the schedule and we had two hours to chat and introduce ourselves. And a lot of people said it was sort of unusual for them to just get in a car and go drive to an event where they knew no one else. Right. Yeah, Which is yeah. true. And they mm-hmm. did it six hours, four hours. And then a bunch of them all went out to dinner afterwards. I had to go back to the workshop and and do the official dinner. But it was just really a delight. I just want to thank everybody for coming and the people that brought gifts. It was so lovely. I I do need a gift check. Someone gave me crocheted Christmas ornaments. I don't remember who that was, but I have them, but they were just coming at me uh, in Dayton, a lot of gifts, yeah. but everything made it home. So uh, on from Dayton on to, I had then this East Coast book tour that I had had to cancel in the spring. So, but the timing worked out as such. I had basically two days to kill. So I went to New York City, you know, so I. Like, Why not? New York City. Why not? Right. I used some mileage and miles to book a hotel room. I saw our sister, Sheila. We had a really fun day in New York. I saw her new apartment, which is fantastic. Uh, we went out to dinner on a Sunday night in a really great like neighborhood Italian restaurant because New York has great neighborhood Italian restaurants and we don't. And the next day I saw my friend Chris from college. We went to the Met to see the new exhibit on the Tudors. Oh, mm-hmm. it's fantastic. Oh, so okay. it had just opened. It's wonderful. It's taken them years to bring this collection together. It's amazing. I loved it. I saw my friend Carrie and her beautiful New York apartment. And then I got on, I just rolled my big bag and all my gifts down to Grand Central and I got on the train to Connecticut. Oh, <laughs> and wow. I Metro North, baby. A, <laughs> I went to our, your our old hometown. Okay, good. Yes. <laughs> Picked up a rental car right at the train station there in Westport. And then once I hit the ground in Connecticut, it was just friend and person and friend and aunt and cousin and friend and person and satellite sisters and event. It was a lot, but it was so fun because I hadn't seen people in years. Uh, So I rented an Airbnb. 
my friend Liz came down from Martha's Vineyard. My friend Lily stayed with me from Block Island. I, I saw my other high school friend, Alyssa. Tons of people showed up at the at the at the Pequot Library, including Satellite Sisters. Again, that had come from other states. People driving out from the city, taking the train from the city, coming down from the Hartford area. And then they had a lovely reception afterwards. So we didn't need soup because someone else did this the world's biggest <laughs> cheese board. So <laughs> It was just really so on brand. Liz, it was exciting. Uh, There was a butterboard portion of the giant cheese board. Oh, wow. Well, you know, we we were not really that positive about butterboards. I hope it was excellent, though. It looked excellent. I I was just talking to everybody, so I didn't have a chance to really eat anything until everyone left. And then then the hostess was like, please take home these 10 pounds of cheese. And we said, sure. Uh, So my friend Liz and I, but it was... It was just wonderful to see the Satellite Sisters from that area. I appreciated everyone that came out. You know who was there? Mrs. Flynn. You know, the lovely woman that puts the bittersweet on mom's grave every year. So that she came. I had never met her before. Uh, She brought me some bittersweet. So we both cried. So that it's great to start crying before the speech. I usually (laughs) cry during the book. But no, Mrs. Flynn made me cry before the speech. Uh, Big thanks to Elizabeth, who was uh, the connector there. She was also there. So that was wonderful. Uh, And then, but, you know, no, got the Rolling Stone. I keep moving. The next day I got up, we cleaned the Airbnb. People went off to their respective, you know, islands that they live on. I went to Long Island. I got on a ferry. Oh, that's right. Because you hadn't been on a boat yet. That's no. part of this tour. So that's good. You could work that mode of transportation in. Yes. For those of you that don't know, you know, Long Island, Long Island, New York and Connecticut are separated by something called the Long Island Sound. And there is a ferry ride of about 10 miles that you can take. So you don't you avoid driving all the way around through New York City again, past, uh, you know, the airports and out onto Long Island. And my brother, you know, we, we do what Jim tells us to do. He said the traffic on Friday will be terrible. Take the ferry. I got on that ferry. And then I was in Long Island where I saw my brother and our, our brother and my our sister-in-law, Mary, and her lovely mom, Lee. I saw Megan and Greg and the kids who are all adorable. And then we had a great time at the the library there in, um, I always want to say West Elm, but that's a store. East Meadow is where <laughs> <laughs> and and there were like 40 or 50 people that showed up all entirely all satellite sister listeners which was fantastic lots of people who had been to previous events like andrea and sue and i appreciate that people that had come from uh, new jersey and other parts of new york to be there that was fantastic sheila took the train out from the city so she could be at that one and which was super nice. I mean, we had lovely booksellers and they had a green room for us at the library, oh, which fancy, you know, who enjoyed that the most? Sheila. 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 Yeah. yeah. She, Were there some snacks in there for our sister? Sheila? They had really good, like Long Island bagels and really good cream cheese. Excellent. And I mean, the cream cheese was really good. And, uh, and they had white fish, you know, that's like a uh-huh. thing on bagels. Uh-huh. So Sheila made herself a nice bagel and white fish sandwich for the ride home. <laughs> She was sad. I was like, I'm sure your seatmate is going to love it when you unwrap that white fish sandwich. But um, (laughs) it was just, it was great. And then we, we did the event and then we had another, you know, 
fun meetup with uh, a bunch of uh, Megan's friends, which was great on Long Island. And then we had a big dinner and then I got in the car and I drove to another airport <laughs> and I dropped the rental car off and I got on the airport shuttle. I mean, it was great. I feel like everyone should do a book tour, even if you don't have a book. You know, it's a great <laughs> excuse just to see everybody you know in a short, compacted period of time. You don't have to linger. You do end up having the same conversation with about 20 people, but that's okay. Like, what have you been doing for the last three years? How are the kids? What do you want? Yeah, right. But it was just a lot of joy. I mean, I just really loved every piece of it. I loved seeing Dayton, Ohio, uh, spectacular fall color. Oh my gosh, Connecticut looked beautiful. Even at the cemetery, I went to see mom and dad at the cemetery and to see the lovely bittersweet. And then I put some hydrangeas because, you know, mom loves hydrangeas and uh and the fall foliage there is absolutely beautiful then i went over to mary tyler moore's grave and saw saw her grave because she's buried there too celebrity the craziest thing that mary tyler moore <laughs> is buried not far from our parents yes she has a better view she has a better view than our parents oh. i'll be honest her view is pretty nice but um it was it was just great and then i you know when i added it up I went, I went to eight airports because I flew out of, <laughs> flew out of Burbank and went into LAX in New York and in Los Angeles. And then in New York, I went into LaGuardia and out of JFK. Uh -huh. I went to Dayton. And one of my friends spotted you in LaGuardia, right? That is the and weirdest thing. How yeah. is that possible? Yes. She was in LaGuardia at the same time. And she, she texted me because she saw Leon charging through LaGuardia. <laughs> <laughs> Just she couldn't really catch you no. to verify if it was you, but I got a text. Is it possible that Leon is in LaGuardia? And indeed, she was. Yeah. The satellite sister sighting in the wild. I changed planes in Dallas. I changed planes in Chicago. So I, I went to a lot of, I went to a lot of different, and Dayton, I went to a lot of airports, uh, a lot of logistics, but it was a hundred percent worth it. Uh, yeah. I took all modes of transportation, but I just really loved it. And I came home and I was wiped out, but a hundred percent worth it. So thanks. Thanks. Thanks to everybody who showed up uh, at these events and did these satellite sisters meetups and to the satellite sisters on the ground that helped organize uh, these things for me. I can't tell you how helpful that was because these are very much DIY book tours. I am doing yeah. it myself. They are self-funded, uh, except the Irma Bombeck Writers Workshop paid for some travel, which is why I was able to do all this stuff. But um, so it was fantastic. I appreciated everyone and my family, friends, love seeing you. Loved it. You know, Lost and Found in Paris is really a fun book to talk about, too, Leanne. So your performances, I'm sure. I mean, my friend Suzanne, who went to the Southport show, said, Leanne, it's like a stand-up comedian. I'm like, I know. <laughs> have really you listened good. to the podcast? Yeah, he's really good at it. <laughs> well, I do have one more in Pasadena this weekend. It's my absolute last one at one of the public libraries for anyone in Southern California. I'm worried no one will show up. So there will be tour prizes. There will be snacks. Uh, so and there will be books for sale. Uh, I'll put the information. Well, it's on my website, but I'll put more information around. But it's it, it just it is fun to talk about the book. It's just it was just fun all the way around. I'm so glad yeah. I did it. Really glad good, I did it. Good for you. I'm glad it all worked out. Well, Leanne, while you were in eight different airports, um, I decided we were off for a couple of weeks. So I took a little trip down an overnight. I went on an overnight rafting trip 
through the magnificent Santa Elena Canyon at Big Bend National Park. This is in West Texas. You know, I've talked about this before. I love Big Bend National Park. I think it's fantastic. But the canyon, the Santa Elena Canyon, is really the crown jewel of the park. This is an eight-mile canyon, and it has limestone walls that go up in some places 1,500 feet. Okay, it's magnificent. And you see birds and animals and wildlife. And of course, you know, layers and layers of geology, which just thrilled my husband. It's <laughs> you don't even really have words for this because it was is so spectacular. It's so magnificent and awe-inspiring. It's, you know, it's one of those places, and I'm sure both of you have done this, where you go to a you know, to a place. And you can, you're in a position to really consider your own insignificance. Do you know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That it just kind of, it, it reminds you of your place in the universe. Right. And sometimes Which is very small, very right. small. <laughs> yes, Liz. Just, and that, that, that was the experience of being in this like incredible Canyon by ourselves. We were with some friends. We went with two river guides, uh, and it, you just, you almost didn't have words for it, but it is a great sort of resetting. You know, when you have, think about all the day-to-day -day problems and issues to go to a place and just think about your mm -hmm. tiny, tiny spot in the universe. I, mm -hmm. I enjoyed that. Now, this was a two-day trip, I said, overnight, okay? <laughs> so I had announced at the beginning of this trip that this, I was going to retire from camping, okay, that I was giving up tent camping. This was going to be my last tent camping experience ever in my life. This is what I, I went in with that. No more sleeping on the ground for Julie. Dole. You know, no more sleeping in the dirt, Liz. That that was it. Okay. I mean, I don't care what you tell me about, you know, the air mattresses. I, I don't know. You're in the dirt. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh now this was. If you have to a camp, this was, I mean, the guides really did all the work. They set up the tents, they made the fire, they cooked us an, an amazing like vegetarian lasagna dinner over a campfire. I don't know how they did that. And and we're, you know, we're in this tent and I, I thought like every bone in my body was going to break every time <laughs> I turned. But but we were, we had stopped at the, at the you know, we paddled, we did 20 miles uh, on the Rio Grande, that's the that's the river we were on. We so the first no, that's a decent amount. Yes, and so the first day you get right to the the mouth of the start of the canyon, and that's where we camped along the Rio Grande, listening to the rapids, and you're out in the middle. I mean, you are this. This is so remote. No one, you know, we don't see anybody else. We're out there, and I have to say, you know, uh, it was a full moon that night. The stars were incredible. We saw shooting stars. I mean, and I don't know. I may have to uh, revise my retirement. Camp again? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it was, I don't know how else I would be there. I mean, you can, yeah, do, right. you can do a little of this canyon in a day trip, but I don't know that you would experience that to be there at night, to be in that spot it was was so worth it. Um you know, I mean, it, I kept thinking it would be better on a cot. Maybe they could have just put a cot. 
I'm there. <laughs> but nonetheless, it was it was it was an absolutely amazing trip. I know we're going to put the link to the outfitters uh, that we used for the trip because they were extremely knowledgeable. They were also trained as EMTs. Okay, because this, yeah, I mean, if you get hurt, this is rough and wild out there. And if you get hurt out there, you're pretty much stuck. So it was nice to have such skilled guides. Um, uh, fortunately, we did not get hurt, and we just had you know, a, a magnificent time in this canyon, you know, together. So I, it is for me, it will be one of the top experiences of my life to go through this. Canyon. Oh, wow. Yeah. wow. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Strong it, words. It's, uh, this is, this, it is that good. Yes. Yeah. It was. What uh, canyon was it, Julie? I'm sorry. I'm looking at Santa Elena. Canyon. Okay. Okay. It is, this is the, you know, this is the, you know, and sometimes the water is too high going through the canyon. Sometimes it's too low. Um, you know, this time of the year, there had been a lot of rain in September. So we were, you know, we were able to um, make the journey down the canyon. So, okay. I'm looking at the photos now on the website. Really yeah. cool. Really yes. beautiful. Mm, yes. Yeah. Dramatic. All yes. Right. Lynn. On <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, I don't I, think she listens. I don't think she listens to me when I talk. She has to like verify everything. That is not true. I have been okay. accused of that, but I'm, I'm not fact-checking you. I'm interested in what you're saying. So, okay. 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 I am not fact-checking. All right. Consider camping sisters. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, as long as we're talking about things worth celebrating, we all of the Satellite Sisters would like to say happy birthday, Diane Gray. You've heard us mention Diane before, a longtime Satellite Sister, but she is also the Satellite Sisters accountant and procurement director. <laughs> so, for, for those of you who are Cooking with Liz fans, uh, you may know that Diane lives not far from me in Santa Monica. So occasionally she is the source of frittata pans and other kitchen goods that I that I need to borrow. So uh, happy birthday, Diane. We just do not know what we would do without you. That's true. Happy birthday, Diane. Happy birthday, Diane. Liz, you know, we love talking about frame bridge, don't we? We do. <laughs> because, because there are just so many fun things to frame, Leon, aren't there? Right. Anything. You can just upload a digital photo from your phone and they can print it and frame it. And that is a gift right there, a gift people would love getting. But Liz, you recently had quite an exciting FrameBridge experience. Would I, you I like did. to share? Would you like you know, to? I talked about how when we were at the Bruce Springsteen concert, I was with our brother Dick, his wife Susan, his two kids, and one of the roadies threw us the set list at the end of the show, which was amazing to get the actual set list for the actual concert in Los Angeles. And we're like, oh, yeah, any day now, that's going to be in a place of honor in their home. Sure enough, Leon, they have already frame bridged it and sent it to us with a picture. So I'll be in Bend next week, so I'll get to see it. But it's just excellent use of the frame bridge resources, the Bruce Springsteen set list. Fantastic. And this is gift giving season. So if you have a graduation coming up, a wedding, a shower, Mother's Day, Father's Day, look around. I'm sure you have something fun you can frame and FrameBridge can do it for you. It's easy and it's affordable to frame just about anything. You get fair and transparent upfront pricing based on the size of your item. There's a great selection of frames. And as we've said in the past, fast service, free shipping, great for gifts. Mm -hmm. And guess what? 
Liz, not many things in life give you a happiness guarantee, but Framebridge does. If you're not 100% happy with your piece, they will make it right. So if this but sounds you like- you're going to be happy, okay? <laughs> That's just the Satellite Sisters promise. You're going to be out. You're going to be happy you did it. See why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or see a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything, like a Bruce Springsteen set list. That's framebridge.com. Thanks, Framebridge. Liz and Leanne here, and we are so grateful to have Osea support Satellite Sisters. Why? Because it's just a great product. Holy cow, do we... We love Osea's skin and body care. And you know what? This Mother's Day, just look no further than Osea. Spoil the moms in your life with the little luxuries from Osea. The moms, the stepmoms, the bonus moms, the people who bring a touch of something special to your life, aunts, grandmothers, they would love a little Osea this Mother's Day. And you can get 10% off your first order by using our code SATSISTERS at OseaMalibu.com. And Liz, you know what every mother and mother figure needs? What? More moisture, Liz. They need more moisture in their skin. <laughs> in no their kidding. skin. I mean, really, the creams, the lotions, the oils. I love it all. That duo they have going. Oh. Like, you can't miss with the duo of Osea. Liz, the mega moisture duo. Yes. You can you can literally see your skin get firmer and it just delivers <laughs> this full body glow. Okay. You know, we have raved about the Andaria algae body oil. Mm -hmm. Well, pair that with the Andaria collagen body oil. Youthful, yeah. Liz. A youthful yeah. glow is going to happen. <laughs> and it's a, infused with Osea's signature Andaria seaweed. So it just smells so delicious, doesn't it? I know you're talking about giving it as a gift. I also suggest just giving it to yourself <laughs> because you're worth it. <laughs> that's, that's true. That is absolutely true. Okay, that moisture duo I mentioned too is a great value because you can save 16% plus the extra 10% with our code SAD Sisters. So this is it. This is a win, win, win Mother's Day gift. Spoil the moms in your life with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code SATSisters at OseaMalibu.com. And you get free samples in every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Osea is spelled O-S-E-A. So head on over to OseaMalibu.com and use code SATSisters for 10% off. Thanks, Osea. And we are back. So I mentioned at the top of the show that we had a really thoughtful post in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group uh, from a listener. Her name is Lauren King. And she was asking questions of the whole, you know, smisterhood. So some life advice about a life stage that she is just entering that many of us have been through. So I wanted to read that and thought we could discuss a little. We might be able to help Lauren. So she wrote, hi, sisters. I think I am entering a new stage of life a bit earlier than expected. My parents and in-laws are in their early 70s and are experiencing some health challenges, cancer and ortho problems. And we live 10 hours away from each set of parents. We have four children from three to 13. My husband travels often and works a lot. And I want to be helpful to our parents and realistic for myself. What is your best advice for me? What should I be reading, listening to about the sandwich generation time? What questions should we be asking our parents? What is the most helpful advice 
you received when and if you have been in this position. So, Lauren, thanks for asking the question. Right, sisters? We yeah. have been in this position. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a tough time. And I'm not sure there's anything we or the, the listeners who posted in the Facebook group can say that is going to make this easy. But I'll chime in with the, the first two things I thought of that helped us get through this. Because, you know, both of our parents got got sick, but in different ways towards the end of their lives. Our father had a long struggle with Alzheimer's where our mother, you know, who was super robust all of her life, all of a sudden got lung cancer and died very quickly. And it all just was, it was a very chaotic time in all of our lives. But I feel like there are two things we did that helped us get through that time. First is that, I mean, in our family, there are eight children. There are the five girls and and three boys. And very early on in the process, especially once we knew our father had Alzheimer's, we started having monthly conference calls where we all talked to each other about what was going on with them, what was going on with us, what was the best thing we could do. And I feel, I don't know if you guys agree, I feel like just all being in touch about something really helped us get ready for when it got really crazy later on. I agree. Yeah. I think yeah. we did good problem solving together. Yes. Yeah. And we're, and it was, it's helpful. I, I know friends who have been through this with their parents where the siblings do not agree on what the course of action was. And we were very lucky that I think we had put in some time early on. So by the time we had to make some big decisions, people really did agree, which made a huge difference. The other thing we did early on uh, was get all their documents in a row. And this, yes. you know, <laughs> that sounds so simple as when you say it like that. So oh simple. My God. It was really a lot. And that was something that I kind of spearheaded because they were living in Portland and I was living in Portland at that time. So like, we just wanted them, first of all, we wanted to know what were their wishes? What were right. their end of life wishes? So it wasn't that we needed the piece of papers that we wanted to know, but all of the things about, you know, your um, your medical choices, your legal choices, um, we got them to sign all those documents. And you may recall, like at one point, our dad said he didn't want to sign any of the medical power of attorney or any of the, you know, pull the plug, don't pull the plug kind of documents because he kept saying, well, what if I change my mind? And we're like, <laughs> we, we had to keep saying, dad, we're not going to do this to you, whether you want it or not. The whole, <laughs> the whole point is, if you can no longer choose for yourself, what would you want us to choose for you? Mm -hmm. And that was emotionally very difficult for for both mm -hmm. of them. But I think my, our mother is much more practical, our father not so much. And so, but remember there was a point, and honestly, I don't even remember which Pope it was, where the Pope, <laughs> yes. where, where the the Pope, Pope had a magnificent uh, funeral that was televised, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> but the Pope died and his wishes were, don't keep me alive. And there was something, I mean, our parents were both Catholic, very religious Catholics. And there was something about 
the Pope having made that choice that actually allowed our father to make that choice too. Anyway. He said he wanted the same funeral as the Pope too, <laughs> which, which at the time seemed kind of hard to pull off. Okay. But, you know, when things do start to get messy, you're going to be very grateful that you have that financial power of attorney, medical power of attorney, but most of all, that you know what they want. And best to have the discussion with them now while they're still able to talk about it and tell you what they really believe. So those would be my two things, uh, Lauren, that I would suggest. Leanne, I don't know what, what you would add. You know, when I have this conversation with my friends, which is now every week, I feel like I went through this a little bit earlier than a lot of my friends because I was the youngest of eight kids. And so my parents were a little bit older than everybody else's parents. So I'm now like the sage friend who people turn to for this. But I, I always tell people two things, like do not expect your parents to change dramatically at the end of life. They might not have a come to Jesus moment. They're just gonna, they're gonna die like they lived in terms of their personality. You know, if if they're upbeat and have a, it, they're gonna die upbeat. If that's not their normal personality, then then they're not gonna suddenly like welcome a lot of people into their homes and a lot of household help. If they've never had household help before, they probably don't want it now. You know, yeah. I didn't, our parents did not change dramatically. Like they just, yeah, that was it. The last couple of years, it was exactly the same people they had been their whole lives. And so, so I think the quicker you accept that, it's easier to sort of stop suggesting things they're never going to do. <laughs> you know, if they, right. right. If, exactly. they've, if they've never really taken care of themselves and eaten well, they're probably not going to do it now. So, <laughs> I mean, you just save yourself a lot of trouble. Um, uh, and, and then the other thing I believe in, um, because these are long years, they're hard years. Lauren, you also have kids at home. I, I had kids at home. Uh, you live 10 hours away. I only live 30 miles, but sometimes it would take me 10 hours to get to Santa Monica uh, during traffic. Yes. Like uh, I needed to find my own stress relief uh, mm-hmm. and yeah. really stick to that routine. And you can feel really guilty taking that hour, that hour and a half to yourself to take a run or go for a walk with a friend, which is really important. I started to really do, uh, I had done yoga, but I really started to need that yoga a couple of times a week, just as a pure stress reliever. So that's what I would say too, is, you know, you have a lot going on in your life, but take care of your, uh, you know, take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You so know, Lauren, Lauren, my advice would be, you know, if I, you know, you can't manage your way out of this next phase of of your life with your parents. I mean, we have a family full of highly successful professional managers, but those (laughs) skills are probably less important when it comes to aging parents. I think I learned a lot from watching some of the caregivers who took care of our dad, Um, their patience, their empathy. Um, I saw them just accept my dad, how he was, where he was on any given day. And I think that's really important, you know, that, mm-hmm. you know, this gentle acceptance, trying to remain calm and comfort- comforting, to uh, to do everything very slowly. You know, it's almost reminiscent of infant or early child care um, in terms of of communicating, empathizing, and, you know, taking action. And I think 
those things were really, really helpful to make the end of the life experience for, you know, our parents or for your parents um, as meaningful as you want them to be, you know? Right. Yeah. I agree, Julie. Right. It's very meaningful. Mm -hmm. The the work that you do at the end, you won't regret it. That's exactly a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. I feel like it was, that was life-changing for me just to witness that. And whether the end of life took like eight years as it did with our dad or like three months as it did with our mom, there's something very profound about being with your parents at this time of their life. So, you know, that's that will change you. So you also asked, Lauren, are there any books that people would recommend? And because, you know, again, the Facebook group. People are there for you. They're totally there for you. There are three books that got recommended in the comments. So I wanted to just share these. Uh, so in case people who are not part of the Facebook group are also in this stage of life and trying to get some support through this. Um, Mary highly, highly recommended this book and said, you will really laugh and you will probably cry a bit. It's called Working Daughter, A Guide to Caring for Your Aging Parents While Making a Living by oh. Liz, by Liz O'Donnell. Um, so that sounds you helpful. Heard about <laughs> no, I wish I'd had it. <laughs> yeah. That sounds really good. <laughs> yeah. So the author's name is Liz O'Donnell. We'll put a, we'll put a link in the show notes. Then um, Susan, this was a great post. She said, Full disclosure, I work for the company who published this book, and my daughter is one of the authors. It is full of great advice. And I love this title. It's called Now What? A Guide to the Gifts and Challenges of Aging. Mm-hmm. And I thought another great title because there are the challenges we all think about, but there are gifts that will come Absolutely. to them and to you during this time of life. So now what a guide to the gifts and challenges of aging. And then Becky posted a beautiful book, which I read. Um, and it's really about life and death and on a more, um, you know, on a bigger scale. And it's the book Being Mortal by Atul Gawande. And uh, so that that is another one that got recommended. So there you go. There are three books. But I do feel like this is a conversation we all have all the time. So mm-hmm. if we want to keep having it in the Facebook group, let's just keep having the conversation because you are entering into a, a challenging period in your life where you need all of the support you can get. And we we're here for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. We are all here for you. You know, Liz, there were a lot of great responses too by other satellite sisters and misters. So what I just did, uh, see, I'm paying attention, Julie. I just pinned that post to the top of our Facebook group so people could find it easily if they wanted right. to read the other responses or respond to to Lauren in some way. Uh, that is in the private Facebook group. So you will have to ask us uh, to join and answer the membership questions to do so. Uh, but I pin that to the top. So there you go. Good work, Leanne. All right. Thank you. All right. Um, you know, now we're going to switch gears a little bit. Uh, we're, we're getting ready for the holidays here. And I saw a couple of, um, of articles this week on how to be a good house guest. And I thought these were some good tips we can discuss. We have been house guests, we host people. Uh, and I know Julie has strong opinions on, on everything. So here we go. <laughs> okay. According to Emily Post, all right, we went right to her, Emily Post etiquette. Uh, it's a fun website over there, emilypost.com. 
the golden rules for house guests. Now I'm going to start with our mothers because she had a great golden rule and it was arrive after lunch and leave before dinner. And what that meant was like, if you were arriving on a Friday for the weekend, like arrive Friday after lunch and then leave Sunday before dinner. Okay. Or Saturday oh, before dinner. That so is that good was, advice. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. they don't have to make you two meals the day you arrive and everything. Yeah. Come after lunch and or, and leave before dinner. And I said that to my brother when I arrived at his house. It's like, what time are you coming? I said, after lunch, like mom <laughs> taught me. Uh, okay. So here's what Emily Post says. Make your visit short and sweet. Keep your visit to no more than three nights. It seems reasonable. That's Bring good. your own toiletries. Mm -hmm. uh, make your bed and clean up after yourself. Keep your bathroom clean. Wipe up any ring in the tub, shaving cream residue, hair on any object surface or dirt on soap. That's mm -hmm. a good one because often the guest room doubles as the guest bath. So yeah. they might yeah. be having other people in there. Offer to help out, especially in the kitchen, dot, 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 unless your host objects. Julie, how do you feel about that? Well, Leanne, when you came to my house, I don't want you to do my dishes. Yeah. Okay? No, it's my pleasure. I'm so happy to have guests. You know, they're just dishes. Okay. I can do them. Right. Now, you know, but other times, you know, cooking together can be a great uh, sort of fun activity. My, you know, my sister-in-law, Carrie, came to visit. She's a great cook. And we had, you know, we cooked together and that was great. I, you know, I enjoyed that activity, but it wasn't like, you know, I don't want to have my guests do chores. You know, they're always there. That's that's the way <laughs> I feel. I'm like, yeah. I wash the dishes every day. You washing the dishes once is not going to be a big deal. Now, I don't mind if they do a few things, but... You know, when, when people ask, can I do this? And I say, no, I don't want you to do it behind my back. I'll tell you that. That's <laughs> my mom. My parents used to do that. Don't do that. Okay. Be adaptable. Be ready for anything or nothing. All right. But, Show that you're enjoying yourself. That's fun. That's a fun idea. Mm -hmm. That's good advice. <laughs> yeah. Your, your host wants to make sure you're having a nice time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. Offer to pitch in for groceries if you're staying more than two or three nights. Um. I, I would, I don't know what I would do about that. Maybe leave some money when you leave. Cause most people are going to say no, unless they're young, then they'll say yes. Uh, yeah. But you know, that seems a little odd, but okay. Double check to make sure you have all your belongings before you leave. Yeah, that's oh, good. Yes. Cause I'm never mailing anything to you. Um, <laughs> just forget it. Okay. This is important. Bring or send a gift or treat your host to a night out. Yes. I do like that. What do yes. you like to get Joel? For, well, it depends on the, it depends on where I'm staying, Liam, because, yeah. uh, you know, sometimes it's, you know, it's some food item, but sometimes let me take you out to lunch. Let me take you out to dinner, yeah. um, something, something like that. Or if you're traveling, you know, and you have to go through TSA, uh, I bring spice nuts from Texas because oh, they're good. Okay. Spice nuts. Good one. Liz, how about <laughs> you? What, what gift do you like to give or get? Well, always giving, taking them out for a meal. That just yeah. seems like like the way to go. Plus then it saves everybody the trouble of cooking and fighting over whether or not you should do the dishes. So <laughs> I do that. I will say that I am terrible when it comes to anticipating an actual house gift, like arriving somewhere. Mm, I'm not good oh, at that. I'm okay. really, I'm really not good at that. I mean, okay. You guys, okay. probably, you guys probably don't expect house gifts from me by no, now, no. But, but it would be, it would be a good thing to learn how to do. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I like to get 
coffee or or wine is good, but the TSA thing is an issue or like a nice, you know, loaf of bread that you made or you bought. Yeah, I like to get a little gift. Uh, that's that makes me happy. I, I always appreciate coffee. I will say that a pound of coffee is always perfect for me. <laughs> <laughs> so and then send a handwritten thank you note following your visit. I'm OK with the text. Frankly, I don't I don't need a handwritten note. I don't, I don't feel that strongly about handwritten notes. Okay, yeah, but you. I feel like if I aim for a handwritten note, I'm never going to do it. So I should just text. So, because something is better than nothing. Yes, you, um, should, you should definitely thank your host. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah, you should. Sorry. That, I got a call in the middle of the show. Did you hear that? Or was that just no. me? Okay. I'm glad you guys didn't hear it. It was my agent. I'll call her later. Um, all right. Okay. Here's what you're not supposed to do. Ask to bring your pet. If you must travel with your pet, inquire about a good kennel or offer to stay in a hotel and they can give you an opening to invite your pet if they wish. How do you well, I, I think I that depends on the host. If the host I do. is a dog lover, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if you have in the house that may make it a little more complicated, but you know, I think that's an uh, that's a case by case situation, Leon. Yeah, but I would just say, do not assume that your pet is welcome. Uh, that's, yeah, I think that's that's very important. Even if they do have a pet, even more reason why they not, might not want your dog around. So don't right. assume anything. Liz, strong statement there. Strong statement. Well, as, as someone who travels with my dog a lot, I just you know, I'm happy to stay at the you know dog friendly Hampton Inn in or something you know people don't don't impose your pet on other people i think is really a thoughtful thing to do mm -hmm. all right and here's just in general uh don't use your host phone computer or any other equipment without asking don't use more than your share of hot water and don't snoop yeah don't snoop oh yeah no <laughs> right? no. no these are your yeah. friends these are your yes. friends it's not an open house that you're yeah. just wandering into <laughs> But it's better not right. to know these things. Exactly, Liz. Yes. All right. And my last question. Okay. I don't like it when people automatically strip the sheets when they leave. Because sometimes I'm not ready to like clean up after them that particular day. Where, where do you stand on stripping the sheets, Joel? I, I think I like I like guests to ask me because sometimes you're right, Leon. It may be a day before I get to stripping the sheets and doing the laundry. So right. It, that's yeah uh, just just ask me you know just ask yeah, yeah. i think or it yeah. may be in my case or it may be a week so i really would <laughs> i would rather have you just make the bed and i'll remember that i need to change the sheets okay yeah don't worry we're not going to make the next guest sleep in your dirty sheets basically <laughs> <laughs> okay all right so there you go house guest rules house guest rules Okay, things to consider. Well, just one final roundtable discussion for us uh, today. You know, this time of year, all over the country, leaves are falling down nonstop. Uh, and I saw this news story. It's not a new, it's not that, I think it comes up every year around this time, encouraging people to stop raking their leaves and placing them in plastic bags, which then go into landfills and it's not, it's not very green. So that when I read this article, uh, sisters, it really made me laugh because I think about how much time we spent as children raking leaves in Connecticut. Okay, oh right? Oh my gosh, so yes, much time. So every, every day. Every day. I know our mother had either a broom or a rake in her hands at all times. <laughs> I mean, 
Don't you remember, like, you could have come home from school, you could have done all your homework, maybe you straightened up your room, emptied the dishwasher, and then our mother would hand you a rake and say, good, now go out and rake for an hour, right? Rake. Yeah. Am, I, am I making this up? No, every day. It was like, I didn't understand why we couldn't just wait till all the leaves fell. But no, yeah. we had to like be on them like we were, you know, like it was Augusta and we were prepping for a, you know, a <laughs> golf tournament. For God. I know I can remember being dropped off from college by some friends for the Thanksgiving break. And my friends were like really curious and they, we, they arrived and they saw the front lawn and there were five kids in the yard raking. And they said, is it like a cult or something? I said, oh no, those are my brothers and sisters. We rake leaves every day, right? Didn't we? <laughs> we every did. day. Yes. Every, every day. day. So, so I love this idea of doing something greener. Okay. Less yes. plastic, less in the landfill. And that you can use some of your leaves to help fertilize your grass and your plants. It do does provide a shelter for animals. Um, and sometimes you can mow some of your leaves to kind of break them up a little. But let's face it, too many leaves, uh, if you just let your leaves fall, it's, you know, it's going to ruin your grass and you're going <laughs> to mildewy mush, right? Okay. And that because it's going to create a mat over your grass and that is, is not good. So I, I don't know. I mean, I think if you would need like a whole community to decide like, okay, we're what are we doing grass. this year? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Are we, we are not going to rake our leaves. No more plastic bags, no more leaf blowers. We're just going to let all the leaves fall. We're going to get that mildewy mush, you know, all over. It's just going to be going to have dirt now in our lawns. I don't know. I, well, Julie, there are plenty of places in Southern California where we all just agree to let our lawns die. You know. Right. Yes. I, just, I mean, I think maybe it's time. I don't know. I just, it, it just is, I'll just say it. It's hard to be the first to want to do this, you know? Yes. And, and again, that raking gene is my deal. DNA. I mean, raking is good exercise. It's good for you. I, you know, it's fun to be out in the fall in the in the nice weather. So it's uh, it's a dilemma. Mm -hmm. I was when you said that one year I was out raking the front lawn, and you, you know we have in California we have a lot of lawn crews. Okay, that's we we have plenty of lawn crews. So I guess the sight of like someone actually raking their own lawn was concerning. I had three lawn crews stop and go, "Do you need a lawn guy?" <laughs> Do you need a lawn guy? <laughs> they assumed. It was just. I don't know. I was thinking, what would Edna do now? Like, you know, my, our mom was a big gardener. You know, she was definitely, you know, wanted to, you know, keep things green, protect the environment. I do, but I don't know. She, uh, would, yeah, yeah, that would have been tough for her. Would have been yeah. tough. Liz, summer is coming up, and you know what that means? It means you're grilling. You're grilling and chilling sure. there yes. with your with your butcher box. What, what do you got going on the grill this summer? Well, you know, here's the thing. Because I'm going to be up in, in Bend for a part of the summer, yeah. I'm having my box sent there, Leanne. That's I mean, great. Go on vacation with your butcher box is what, uh, what, what I'm recommending. By yeah, <laughs> the way, you're just going to buy meat and fish and stuff when you get there. Why do that? Anyway, you, I love their steaks. I love their scallops. The scallops are really good. And the chicken thighs, all good. I'm ready. That's right. ButcherBox gives you peace of mind and easy to find high quality meat and seafood you can trust. It's 100% grass fed beef, free range organic chicken, 
pork that's raised crate-free and wild-caught seafood, no antibiotics or added hormones, and as Liz said, delivered right to your doorstep. And you can customize that delivery plan, Liz, right? Because yeah. it can go wherever you want it to go, whenever you want it to go. If you want to delay it a week, you know, speed it up a week, you just go to your ButcherBox account and you can make that all happen. It's so easy to manage online. Yeah. And if you're like Liz, you can take your ButcherBox on vacation, which is... <laughs> That's nice. That's nice. <laughs> nice to have something familiar there. <laughs> yes. So if you want to take your meat on vacation, sign up at butcherbox.com slash sisters and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional 20% off. So you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash sisters and use code sisters to choose your free for year offer. Plus get $20 off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. Hey, it's Liz and Leanne here, and we want to thank Pros for supporting this episode of Satellite Sisters. Now, you know, Liz, I've been out and about with my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical. <laughs> the book is getting rave reviews. I'm very happy. But you know what else is getting rave reviews? My hair, Liz, my hair from Pros is getting great reviews. Leanne, I am not surprised. You have been on that Pros hair regimen for quite a while. I mean, you have good hair anyway, but now you have great hair because you've really paid attention to it. Well, Liz, Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do. From their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. And you know what? I love the regimen they have me on. I, do I take the hair vitamins every day? Yes, I do. Do I use my shampoo and conditioner made especially for Lee and Dolan? Yes, I do. Do I sometimes use the leave-in conditioner when it's, my hair's really dry? I do. And I even have a pre-scalp thing that they give me. Okay, pros, you, you're the boss. I'll take it. <laughs> you tell me what my hair needs. That sounds good. And here's the thing. It's personalization, Liz. For yeah. millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely Leans. Okay, and I'm I'm using it. Pros mm -hmm. isn't just better for you; it's also better for the planet, Liz. They're a certified B Corp, cruelty free, and the first and only carbon neutral custom beauty brand. So, Pros, we love you. I love the photos of my hair. Couldn't be happier. <laughs> photos of your hair. There are people in the photos too. That's the thing about a book tour. Everybody yeah. has their picture taken with Leon and then post it. So yeah. the hair is important. <laughs> Couldn't be happier, Pros. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin. They're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash sisters. So you get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash sisters. And pros is spelled P-R-O-S-E, pros.com slash sisters. Thanks, pros. Well, Liz, we're all riding high from just a hugely successful cooking with Liz. I mean, soup. <laughs> I mean, I had to watch it uh, on the YouTube channel afterwards. But when you put that immersion book... <laughs> mixer into that tiny tiny soup pot i was just i thought that soup is gonna go everywhere but it didn't I did it it did no not. it was so the technique was so impressive Liz. <laughs> <laughs>
So tell people where they can watch that if they haven't oh. seen you make the butternut squash soup. I hope we haven't given it a, really the tension point away, which was yes. the immersion blender. <laughs> the immersion blender. So uh, the Satellite Sisters YouTube channel, please go over there and subscribe because all of my Cooking with Liz episodes are posted there. Um, so just for a few laughs. It's really, that was for pandemic laughs when I was trapped home alone, trying to teach myself how to cook. But occasionally I do a new episode and they're all there, uh, posted under Cooking with Liz, but also there we post the podcast on YouTube now and we have some other Satellite Sisters uh, videos there. So um, so check it out. Yeah, I felt, uh, I, I felt pretty good about my soup and, you know, I got through we had been through the soup shaming uh on the podcast and so i'm not saying i pulled the soup off perfectly i did start choking on the chi chili oil but it <laughs> thank you very much and uh people you can watch when we do stuff over there sometimes they are live so that is very fun and that's why it's good to be uh subscribed to the youtube channel because then, then it will just pop up but now that I have proven my cooking bona fides, as they say, I would like to go out on a limb here and provide a correction to the New York Times cooking section. Um, <laughs> whoa, whoa. Okay, my head snapped back. I mean, I don't know if you could hear that on the podcast, but it's like, what? Okay, go okay, ahead. Well, I, I think you're both going to agree with this. Like, what were they thinking? So anyway, when I made the soup, as many of you know, I had the big dilemma. Do I really need to go buy a whole bottle of maple syrup because I'm using a tablespoon of it in the soup? But you said, yes, I needed to do that. So I went out and I did that. So now I had a whole bottle of maple syrup left over, uh, minus one tablespoon. So last week in the New York Times cooking section, they recommended a maple baked salmon that looked delicious and i love salmon i love new ways to make salmon and i had a lot of maple syrup on hand so i thought great this will be a great way for me to start to use up my maple syrup which i did and it was very successful however here's one thing they wrote in the in the recipe that i thought why would you write this this way so the whole trick with salmon is knowing when it's done right and they wanted this to be a little bit on the undercooked side that was just kind of what the recipe writer wanted so here's what she wrote bake until a paring knife slides into the center with only a little resistance 15 to 20 minutes when you remove the knife and touch the blade to your upper lip it should feel very warm, but not hot. What? <laughs> that seems like there's a lot of trips to the emergency how, room. How, let, how let. is that a technique that is being recommended uh, by the New York Times? Why? Can you imagine what I could do to myself? Like if, what if the blade was too hot? Or what if you just stick it into your upper lip? It just seems, it seems like such an unnecessary risk, doesn't it? That's all yes. I wanted to say. It okay. seems like there has to be a better way of knowing your salmon is uh, is done than like sticking the knife into your upper lip. Uh, yeah, like just sticking the knife into the salmon and pulling it apart a bit and looking. Yes. You could do that. Or just cooking the salmon a little longer, I think, would be better. That would be... <laughs> I think almost anything would be better than putting the hot knife to your to your upper lip. Almost anything would be better than that. So I'm, I just felt like now I was trained well enough 
as a as a cook to make that small correction in the New York Times cooking section. Yeah, proud of you for just reading the recipe. <laughs> That's true. That's See, really a big step forward. Yeah. <laughs> what do I always say about cooking with Liz? It's all about the learning. <laughs> All right. Speaking of food, next week, we're so excited. Claire Tanzi is back on Satellite Sisters. You know, we just love cookbook author and uh, food food expert Claire Tanzi. Uh, she comes on the show. She gives us great ideas. We're going to talk about festive food next week. So we're going to cover some Thanksgiving things, some fun ways, some food gifts, some fun ways to do other parties that you may be prepping for for the holidays. So Claire will be on next week. I am hosting Thanksgiving this year for quite a few members of the family and people that have a lot going on food wise. So I have some questions about special me menu items uh, for, for the vegans in my life. Uh, and I'm happy to cook for vegans. I just want to make sure they get something substantial. So yeah. Claire's going to work on that too. And then Liz, do you want to make this big announcement? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's, let's all do it together because we're okay. all doing it together. So um, the last two years on the, on the Satellite Sisters YouTube channel, uh, we have done a live holiday wrap party where we celebrate the end of the year with you. We're live. We're making cocktails. We're making some festive appetizers. Leon, your son has been our mixologist the last two years. Can we count on Colin again? Uh, like yeah, I'll, I mean, I'm going to clear his schedule. I'm going to I'm going to get on with it. I'm going to put this on his schedule. Okay. I have, I'll ask him. Sorry, so the, I've been so the, busy. So the, the Satellite Sisters Holiday Wrap Party is going to be Sunday, December 11th, and we will do it at 4 p.m. Pacific time. So that's 7 p.m. Eastern, and we will be live on the Satellite Sisters uh, YouTube channel. We will we will put some notes in the Facebook group and on the YouTube channel reminders so that you know this. But um, But we did want you to like, begin to think, save that afternoon because uh, we've had a lot of fun with these parties the last couple of years and uh, we're looking forward to this one too. Yeah, we'll have more details to announce next week. It's part of our whole big holiday festive food special next week. So, uh, so stay tuned, but save the date, Sunday, December 11th, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. And, and you know, one thing we did the last couple of years, which was super fun, which heads up, we're doing it again. We will invite you to post your toast uh -huh. uh, on the on in the YouTube comments or in the Facebook uh, Facebook group comments. Post your toast. Like if we really were all in the same room, what would be the post you would be offering? What would be the toast you would be offering for this holiday season? It's really fun to see what you write, what you think, some like old family toasts, some new funny toasts. We had things in many languages the last couple of years. So it's fun just to try to read them out loud. But we will uh, we will make Save it. Yeah, don't do it yet. Don't post yeah. your toast this yeah. week. Don't We're post good. it yet. Yeah. We, will, we will put up um, uh, the uh, place for you to post your toast so we have everything in the same threads. Oh, it's going to be a good party for sure. Um, sisters, you know, we, we said at the start of the uh, show that I actually went to a movie theater, which I wasn't sure <laughs> I would ever go to one ever again. But I went with some friends to go see uh, Julia Roberts and George Clooney's movie Ticket to Paradise. Have either one of you seen that movie? No, no. no. How, how was it? Joel? Okay, so this is, it's very formulaically and, you know, in a good way. Okay, um, Julia Roberts and George Clooney, they play 
divorced parents that go to Bali to retrieve their daughter who plans to marry a seaweed fisherman. Okay, so that's the premise of the show, of the movie. You get it. I mean, it's Julia Roberts and George Clooney. They have great chemistry together. You know, that's good. But here's the thing. Okay, Liz, you've been to Bali, right? Yes. Oh, okay. So beautiful. Okay. Tropical paradise. Correct. Yes. Right. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. For some inexplicable reason, Julia Roberts, who uh, her character, she plays an art international art curator. So this is some worldly woman that's traveling all over the world, doing art shows, blah, blah, blah. Okay. But in this movie, Julia Roberts is wearing a series, not one, but multiple heavy denim jumpsuits unflattering jumpsuits that look that sort of fit her like a garage mechanic okay i mean you're oh. i my i leaned over to my friend and i was like what is julia wearing i mean you know this is bali it's sarong city right liz okay yes I, right it, it was just it's so jarring i i'm not alone in this okay i mean you ask anyone who's seen the movie what did you think about what julia roberts is wearing because it's not just in one scene it's not like these were her travel clothes and she failed failed to change them she wore these throughout i mean it's hot and she's got these big denim garage mechanic overalls on (laughs) i don't know what's happening okay Okay, for me it it was did it it take you out of the movie julie it sounds yes it it did yes it did liz i just wanted a rom-com i wanted a very predictable rom-com and I don't know what she was doing wearing these. So I just want to warn satellite sisters that may go see this, that you should just be prepared to be jarred. Okay. That's, okay. 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 Now, of course, I have to look up the costume designer. Yes. I, I don't know what she was. I, I don't know what they, I mean, it, I mean, you're Lizzie in, Gardner was the I costume know, Lizzie, designer. Lizzie, you, I, I mean, I don't know what you were thinking. Okay, so she's Australian. She should know better. She should know better, Leanne. Okay, okay. I don't know. I, you're you're not going to want. You do not want this as a fashion trend. These jumpsuits. Okay. All right. Just. I mean, they're like beekeeper outfits, sort of. That's what she was wearing. I don't know. Okay, so that's one movie. Go at your own risk to to that. But I do recommend want to recommend another series on Netflix. It's called Delhi Crime. And there are two seasons of this. So think law and order SUV set in Delhi, India. Okay. This is a crime drama loosely based on real crime events in India. So, but it's very compelling and it has an outstanding cast and, and the lead detective on this show is a woman. So I like that, okay? But it it explores class and culture and race and poverty and sexism and government bureaucracy. Uh, and I just thought it was very well done for a crime drama. It's called Delhi Crime on Netflix. Oh, all right. Is it, yeah. um, okay. It's, it's all filmed. Gonna... It's, it's, it's directed by Richard Maida. It's all filmed in India and you just really have a sense of place in this show. It's what it's very well done. Oh, okay. okay great. That's Good recommendation. Great. Good. Well, because we were talking earlier about how great the Satellite Sisters Facebook group is, I wanted to share a really nice review we got on Apple Podcasts that 
when where Angela, who posted the review, went out of her way of mentioning that our online community is great. So here goes. Here's what Angela posted. A colleague and friend recommended this podcast to me something like five years ago, and I've been listening ever since. I love the wide variety of topics covered, humor, relatability, and honest conversations that are always handled with kindness. To me, it really does feel like having coffee with friends and has become a favorite I look forward to each week. The support their online community offers one another is incredible as well. I am glad to have found the Smisterhood and 1010 Recommend. Thank you, Yay. Angela. That's that so is nice. nice. That Very is good. Nice. You know, we love any ratings and reviews you want to you wanna leave for us, but that's a particularly nice one because we can tell, Angela, that you really are part of the Smisterhood <laughs> all the way around. 1010 Recommend. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Nice. All right. Uh, we're headed towards the end of the show here. We, of course, want to thank our engineer, Sergio Enriquez. Uh, it's always great to work with Sergio. We miss seeing him in person, but we love having him on our team. Emily Loudermilk is our graphic designer. And every week, Emily cooks up just wonderful, funny graphics uh, that she pulls from the actual show. And uh, they make us laugh every week. You can see Emily's work at our Instagram page, at Sat Sisters, also at Pep Talk, which is our weekly newsletter. I managed to pull one out last week. Uh, so I know going into the holiday season, I'm on for the next five weeks now that I'm back from my, my major book tour. Um, and I've turned in my first drafts. So looking forward to more pep talks and you can see Emily's artwork there. If you want to subscribe to pep talk, head on over to our website, which is a reminder, we have a website, <laughs> uh, satellitesisters.com. And we do a lot to maintain that website. So if you're, um, you can listen to the show right from the website. Uh, if you, if you click on the blog every week, we've been posting the show notes now on the blog. Also, if you're looking to find them, complete show notes posted on the blog. It's not a fancy blog post. It's just all the information you need for that particular show and links to listen. So, uh, but if you head over to the website, there'll be a pop-up um, the thing that pops up at you in the first five seconds and you can subscribe to pep talk. Okay. Our to-do list for the week. Um, Liz, what's happening with you? Well, uh, I have been here in Bend, Oregon for the last few weeks while we've had a little break. So time to go home sisters. So at the end of the week, I will be road tripping home. I've spent a lot of time the last couple of days look, looking at all the weather apps, trying to figure out route and timing to get home with the minimum of snow. That's, I thought if I came up in the fall, there would be no snow. I was wrong. So <laughs> anyway, I'm happy Hooper and I will jump in the car and drive home to Santa Monica at some point later in the week. Excellent. All right. Well, I have my last book event. As I mentioned, it's in Pasadena uh, at one of the branches of the public library. And I'm excited. I counted up, I've done 30 live events for, wow, um, I know <laughs> that's a lot, uh, for lost and found in Paris. I've enjoyed each one of them, but I'm also happy that this is the last one. So I'm going to make it a sort of party. It's at 3 PM on Saturday afternoon. So if you're out and about in the Pasadena area or want to swing by, it would be great. There's going to be door prizes. I'm going to do trivia. I have some trivia questions I'm preparing Ooh. Pasadena trivia and Paris trivia. So mm -hmm. See that? Got that? Uh, and then there's going to be some snacks, I think, and maybe even a gift with purchase. So um, <laughs> really? Wow. Ending on a high note. 
that's what I thought. I thought I could either roll into this and just not try, or I could try. And I've decided to try. So good, there you go. Good work, Last Link. book event, finishing strong. And Jewel, how about you? My to-do list is I am turning the corner into the holidays. You know, nothing happens before Halloween, but now I'm turning the corner. I'm looking forward to this. I want to have a nice Thanksgiving, nice Christmas season with family, friends, uh, you know, all the way around. So uh, things are ramping up. I'm starting with cranberries. I'm going to buy some cranberries this week. All right. It's a great place to start. Great place to start. All right, sisters, have a great week. You too, Liam. And don't forget, call your satellite sister. <laughs>